This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. You're listening to Kelly and Ramia on AMI-tv, AMI-audio, or your favorite podcast platform. Kels, I wonder how many people got pets over the holidays. Remember when we used to I, talk and poo-poo about people yeah. getting puppies under the Christmas tree? Like, not a good idea. It's just not a long-term It's been funny, too, situation. because of the COVID situation and yeah. how many people and, and places are saying there are a lot of pets being dropped off that people just can't handle. And I think, I bet you it's pretty down this year. And unfortunately, I bet there are a lot of animals that were that there that were looking for homes that mm. people are just, well, I've kind of already done that. My lifestyle doesn't le- lean towards that anymore. So I know that's been a real tragic issue. So mm-hmm. I, I hopefully not a Adoptions. lot were left sitting. Yeah, hopefully a lot got adopted and people maybe did them as presents. But I know it's been yeah. a real rough time or the, even la- the latter him. portion of the year. And helping in little ways as well as uh, we talked about, you know, animal shelters taking in food, uh, similar to donating to food banks and such. So, yeah, and organizations doing their best to take care of elderly animals or animals uh, that elderly people can't take care of as much anymore. But I didn't hear too much of the trend this year or this past holiday season of people getting dogs and cats under the Christmas tree. So there's been a lot of you know, events going on to get pets adopted, but me too. Not, not heard the Christmas tree thing. No, not really. Um, folks, we've got other subjects to carry on about as we think about that one, because that, that does make you say, hmm, I wonder. Let's chat about the world of uh, health and wellness with Francis Wong. Hello, I'm Frances Wong, and I invite you to join me as we explore topics of health and wellness so that you can make the best choices for you to live an informed and radiant life. We're now into the new year, and with that often comes thoughts of setting New Year's resolutions, maybe joining the gym to get in shape or simply lose some weight. But after all the holiday partying and eating, it's time to focus on taking care of ourselves. Frances, welcome back to the show, and... I wonder if what better way to continue that festive feeling is to relax and do nothing, maybe in a sauna? Hey, Kelly. Yeah, the last couple of years, we've talked about self-care, particularly in the new year. We've discussed float tanks and ice baths and gone from hot to cold. And now I want to go back to something we can warm up to. So as you mentioned, saunas. Really yeah, it's 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 awesome. That. Like I mean, you think about the saunas. Um, what a what a fun! If you feel like ah, oh, gosh, I need to unwind. At least yeah. that's what it seems to me, right, Ron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, all of this uh, kind of relaxation sounds good to me. So, relaxing and taking care of ourselves by doing nothing sounds fantastic. Uh, what about the benefits of going to a sauna? How did they come about? Yeah, so um, saunas have been around for quite some time, and I've read that the word sauna, which means bath or bathhouse, is the only Finnish word in the English dictionary, but I can't confirm that since I don't know any other Finnish words. Given that we use the term sauna implies that we have adopted it from Finnish culture. 
An article from 2019 stated that Finland had over 3 million saunas for their 5.5 million people. My in goodness. fact, there are more saunas than cars in Finland. So <laughs> wow. it's definitely embedded in their culture and it's seen not as a luxury but as a necessity. In the old days before our current medical system, saunas were seen as sterile or clean places and almost all Finnish babies were born in the sauna. Whoa. So, Mm-hmm. Very interesting. No, yeah. no one knows when the first sauna was built, but it is thought to have originated somewhere in Europe around 2000 BC. Now, saunas are meant to be heating structures like a room generally made of wood, where it's heated for people to relax and to sweat in. According to Harvard Health Publications, the Mayans used sweat houses 3,000 years ago. And if you want to take it even further back, once man discovered fire, it was not used, used not only to cook food, but it allowed us to intentionally heat the body. In Africa, saunas were built to get rid of infectious diseases, and they were not the saunas that you imagine today. Tribal medicine leaders would dig holes the size of a grave, and in that hole, they would start a fire. And as the fire turned to hot coals, they would lay poles over the hole to form a type of bed structure three feet above the hole so that the person who Yikes. was sick could lay there and sweat it out. Um, and this was quite a successful process at ridding patients of many diseases. And many other cultures like the Romans and Greeks and the indigenous also had their own form of bathhouses or sweat lodges. I couldn't find a figure for Canada, but for today um, in the U.S., there are thought to be over a million saunas. Mm, it's unbelievable. When you think about that history and, and, and something being around so long, making sense, definitely, even the ways to treat, because we'll all say, oh, to break a fever, this is what you do. We have our men, and a lot of time, it's that heat that body up uh, to get rid of it, especially when you're shaking and cold with it. What are some of the benefits of, of saunas when it comes to what we know today? So how about sweating like you're doing a hard workout, but you're not doing anything? Sounds great. Um, other, <laughs> <Love> that. <laughs> other than Sounding maybe slightly delusional, that sounds like my kind of exercise. Exactly. Unfortunately, there is a large lack of uh, lack of large controlled studies to back up some of the claims regarding the physiological and psychological effects of saunas. However, there is a growing body of scientific literature coming out, particularly from Finland and Germany. When a person sits in a sauna, their heart rate increases while their blood vessels widen. This in turn increases circulation and with improved circulation, it may help to reduce muscle soreness, improve joint movement and ease arthritic pain. Improved circulation may also promote relaxation and increase feelings of well-being. Some people with asthma may find that a sauna helps them get some relief due to the opening of airways and loosening of phlegm. A 2016 study from Finland covering a 20-year period linked sauna use with lower risks of dementia and Alzheimer's in men. More research is needed to confirm these findings. And of course, there is weight loss through sweating, even though it's temporary. And I do want to add a comment that while it sounds great, saunas in no way replace a proper exercise routine. Aww. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear that bubble pop? Boy, yeah, boy, I knew, I knew the other shoe was going to drop, right? But anyway, wow. it, you know, I, I'm... 
curious about the other sides to this, Francis, because it sounds a little bit like talking about coffee. You know, the, the caffeine in our bodies <laughs> yeah. offers all these benefits, but also, and you know, there's never really a consensus on whether coffee is good or bad for you. So that being said, with all the things that are coming out about saunas and all the things we can keep track of up to this point, and obviously the cultures and places that have adopted these, you know, hugely, uh, what are some of the downsides or potential risks of saunas? You're so right, Ramya. Many objects can be used in a positive or a negative way. For example, we need the sun for vitamin D, but if you stay out in the sun too long, uh -huh. uh, you get risk getting sunburned. So with saunas, we do need to take a precaution um, uh, and approach it carefully because of the fact that there is intense heat ranging from 80 to 110 degrees Celsius. We know that each person is unique and so is their health condition. So saunas are safe for most people, but there are always exceptions such as women with high-risk pregnancies. Because saunas raise the heart rate, people who have uncontrolled blood pressure and or heart disease should take precautions and seek the advice of their healthcare provider before jumping in. As always, the information that we are discussing is general and saunas may not be appropriate for you. So if you have some health conditions, it's a good idea to do your own research and seek the advice of your doctor or healthcare provider. Okay, great, thank you. Remember the days when people um, from my dad's era Oh, yeah, get in the sauna and then go jump in the pool water. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, Dad, you go first. Um, I've heard of something called infrared saunas. How is that different from traditional saunas? So infrared sauna is a type of sauna, and the type is based on how the rooms are heated. There are four main types of saunas. The very traditional Finnish sauna is actually a smoke sauna where stones are heated with a fire for several hours. And then the sauna is used after most of the smoke has cleared. There are mm. also wood-burning saunas where wood is used to heat the sauna. Then there's the more modern-day sauna, which is the electrically heated sauna where there is an electrical heater attached to the floor and that heats up the sauna and nowadays there's something that you just refer to the infrared sauna which uses far infrared lamps and that gives off light waves and that heats a person's body not the entire room and then mm. the humidity may also vary in saunas so typically finnish saunas use dry heat while turkish saunas have more moisture yeah, because we hear a lot about that too, like steam room versus a sauna, and I um, right. was curious about what that meant for people. Like, do people take in their water bottles at dry saunas? Because it sounds dehumidifying. Um, now that we got some facts out of the way, let's talk about some things that we can do to best prepare for using a sauna. So my water bottle question stands. Yes, there are definitely things that we can do beforehand to maximize our enjoyment of the sauna. And I'm going to throw this in there because we're sweating in the sauna. It's like we're exercising. So sweating is a form of exercise. And just as you wouldn't go and eat a heavy meal before you go on a 5K run, the same principle applies for a sauna. It's better if you fast for an hour or two before the sauna. But if you must eat something, just make it something light. And then avoid drinking any alcohol beforehand as alcohol and even some medications may impair sweating and produce overheating. And then if you're not feeling well, just save the sauna for another day. 
In regards to clothing, if you're using a sauna in a public space like your gym or a club, then the minimum that people wear is a swimsuit. And as a common courtesy, it's good to rinse off in the shower before you head in. Some people prefer wearing a t-shirt or shorts if they want a little more coverage. And if you're lucky enough to have your own sauna, then you can wear whatever you want, anything or nothing at all. And I'm referring to you owning the sauna, not you being the only person in a public sauna. The point is to sweat. So one thing you should not wear, though, is jewelry, as that can heat up and it feels like it's burning your skin. Just an observation while I've been in saunas is that people generally sit in silence as it's intended to be a place of relaxation and not a place for loud chit-chat with friends. And then saunas also usually have upper and lower benches for seating. So if you're newer to saunas, it's recommended to sit on the lower benches as the upper benches actually feel hotter. And then other than what you're wearing, you'll also want to bring with you water because you're going to be losing a lot through your sweat. And you can leave the water outside the sauna so it's right there for you when you need it. And that way you're also not heating it up, like you said, um, while you're inside the sauna. And then you should bring a couple of towels with you. One will be for you to sit on when you're inside the sauna and the other is for when you're finished sweating to wipe yourself dry. Great. Awesome. Okay. How long should someone stay in that sauna and what do you do once you're done other than grab your water? Yeah, so it's going to vary from person to person. So the longer you practice saunaing, you can stay in longer and how well someone can tolerate the heat. Typically, you're looking at 10 to 15 minutes, and that's actually feeling pretty long um, if you don't tolerate the heat well. You stay in there, then you pop out for about five minutes, um, and during that break, you can rehydrate yourself and then go back in. Um, the point is um, you want to make sure that you listen to your body and do what makes sense for you. Typically, people do two to four rounds. Um, if you feel uncomfortable or dizzy, um, just step outside uh, and cool off. And then another thing to note is when you're in and out, um, make sure that you close the door quickly so that you're keeping the heat inside the room. And once you're finished, um, it's a good idea to wash and shower off so that you can uh, wash off your sweat and rinse off to help close off the pores close in your skin pores, and then yeah. you can moisturize. Yeah. Yeah, and if you fasted, take a, you can have an opportunity to eat something light. And if you've done your sauna in the evening, it's a great way to prepare yourself for a good night's sleep. Oh, yeah, That's talk nice. about relaxing yourself. Yeah. Francis, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Good topic to get us started in January. Good time for those saunas. Thank you. You're welcome. Francis Wong joins us weekly, bi-weekly, excuse me, to talk wellness opposite our nutrition segment with Julia Karanchis. After the break, we got a bonus headline segment with Grant Hardy. He's here to give us uh, some articles that have caught his attention on a Tuesday afternoon. That's very nice. We'll be right back. It's Kelly and Ramya. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramya Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.